0: Hi, I'm Stephanie Lauren, your host of the Think You podcast. I'm a mindset facilitator, self-doubt, and relationship coach, taking you on a journey of inner growth and emotional mastery, where we dive deep and shift your focus onto things that actually matter. Self-love and abundance are easily available to us when we learn to fully trust ourselves, our journey, and our power. Each episode aims to bring you to the leading edge of thought, deepen your understanding of who you are. Julia and give you unconventional perspectives that inspire you to be the best version of you. Let's dive in. Hi guys, welcome to today's episode. I have the beautiful Lauren Curtin on today and I'm so excited for today's discussion. So Lauren is a Chinese medicine practitioner and she works with women's health and you may have heard her on other podcasts talk about fertility and cycle and all All of that fun stuff, but I thought for a change in today's episode we could dive in more to your story, Lauren, and just like know a bit more about why everything you do is so important to you.
1: Oh, I love that. Well, it's interesting because I think of it as like often when it comes to business, everyone's like, What differentiates you from everyone else that's doing what you're doing? So there's a lot of that kind of attitude in business and I've never been able to come up with a good reason why, like when people are like, well, why should someone see you over someone else? Mm-hmm. I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> because it's not because I do what I do from a business perspective. It's, it's like so much deeper than that because when you're working with women's health, it's like, for me, I see it as like a really deep ancestral path and it's something that, like every woman would have done back in the day. Like so many women knew how to take care of other women and would know how to work with herbs and how to work with the cycle and, and how to help women with their periods and with fertility and pregnancy and birth. Like I see that as a really innate thing that historically women just knew. So from that perspective, I'm like, I'm just kind of doing what women have always done. So it's not necessarily like that business mindset of like, well, why do you think that you're special? I'm just like, this is what women have always done. Yeah. So that's, that's where it really lands for me. That's why how I like to approach it. Yeah,
0: No, that's amazing. And so what I suppose with your story, if you went back to older, younger you, when you were just learning about your health as a woman and what things kind of stuck out as really important to you that you're, you see as kind of a pattern with clients you work with now that you're helping them get to that other side that you're at now
1: that's a really good question. Well, when I was little, I was always obsessed with periods. Like I had all of the changing bodies books and I like loved talking about it with mom. I would always want to get the books out and look at all the diagrams. Like I was just always obsessed. So I don't know where that came from, but I couldn't wait to get my first period. And when I got my first period, I remember it so vividly. Like I woke up, went to the, I think I was like 12, woke up, went to the toilet And there was blood in my undies. And I was like, I remember, I distinctly remember in my head saying it's happened. (laughs) Like it's finally happened. Like I remember that so vividly. And I was like, oh my God, I get to use pads now. (laughs) Like I was so excited. Like I had been speaking about it with mom for like years. So I just always been really interested in womanly things and like the women's mysteries and all of that kind of stuff. So I've always had that connection and that interest. I was never, I never really had issues with my periods when I was young, like it was regular. It was not really painful that I can remember when I was a teenager, but I did go on the pill when I was 17 purely for contraception. So nothing to do with hormonal regulation or anything like that. And it was Around, so then it led into I was on the pill when I was at uni, when I was studying Chinese medicine. And that's when I was really learning the importance of the cycle. And I was like, whoa, I'm not getting this when I'm on the pill. Because from a Chinese medicine perspective, we have all of these different organ systems that are involved in the menstrual cycle. But one in particular is the liver system. And that one is really in charge of our emotions and the smooth flow of energy throughout our whole body. And the liver chi is really important when it comes to our period. But when we're on the pill, because we're not actually ovulating and we're not getting an actual period, the liver is quite stuck and stagnant. And at uni, we were learning all of the ramifications of what that can have. And I was like, oh, God, (laughs) I don't really want that to be happening to me. And, you know, learning about the importance of ovulation and I was just and I was torn for quite a while. I was like, because it's so convenient being on the pill. Like, I totally get that. And I'm like, once you stop the pill, you then have to go through the process of that uncertainty of being like, well, when is my period going to come? I have to navigate that of potentially being surprised if it's going to show up unexpectedly. And then also like the skin, I was very nervous that my skin was going to break out. So I delayed it for a while and then eventually I was like, okay, it's time. I need to stop. And then I stopped the pill and then I actually started running into issues then. So my skin did break out in a really big way. I'd never really had problematic skin, but once I had come off the pill, then I started getting really big you know, like annoying, pussy, painful breakouts. And I was like, oh, (laughs) this is what I was wanting to avoid. Um, And then I was having not massive issues, but my cycles were a bit on the longer side. And sometimes I might have like a 45-day cycle, which was very unusual for me. Um, And then I was running into pain as well. I was getting period pain that I had never really experienced before prior to the pill or even when I was on the pill. So I was working through all of that and I eventually was able to heal my skin. But the cycle side of things, like the length and the pain kind of was lingering and it was becoming problematic for me. And, and it was actually, I was getting other symptoms as well that was kind of stopping me from living my life. And my mum actually had endometriosis. So there is that familial um pathway that I could lean towards like more painful periods. So I was wanting to be mindful of that. But once I actually started practicing, I went straight into women's health. And that's when I really saw how needed this type of work is, because not only was I just really interested in periods and and just wanting to help women with their cycles. Once I started doing that, I saw how much women actually needed help as well, because everyone was telling me their stories. And I was like, oh, my goodness, like this is actually a massive problem. So the more I was doing it, the more I was seeing how needed it was. But then I just went on that whole journey of looking into my period pain and looking into other symptoms I was getting, and I've been able to heal that and work through that. But it's always like I use my period and my cycle as a way of uh, just such a deep insight into my whole body and to my whole health on every level possible. Yes, I use sense. it as yeah, like I use it as a compass. Mm -hmm. And a lot of the time, women will ask me like, once my my hormones are balanced, will they stay balanced? And my answer to that is no, (laughs) because if you're doing the same behaviors that may be caused symptoms, if you go back to that, then symptoms can come up. But if you stay within that nice framework of when you're having really healthy cycles, then that helps you to figure out what's most healthy for you like what your body actually needs to thrive and be healthy, whether that's like diet, lifestyle, stress levels, sleep, all of that kind of stuff. So it's been a massive journey of like me figuring out what my nice balance is and then helping women
0: to figure that out for themselves as well so that we can maintain that. Amazing. No, I totally relate. And especially when you were saying when you first got your period, you were so excited. And that excitement of being a woman, that, that neurological pathway that comes from that, your body responds, right? It's like, cool, you're excited to have me. I'm not going to give you pain. You want me here. You're accepting me. You're accepting you're becoming a woman and this feminine little process going on in your body. And then when you go on the pill, that's because it's almost like a sense of control over your reproductive cycle, we forget that we never controlled it in the first place and it was never a nuisance before the pill. So coming off that and having the mindset of, oh, well, I can't control it. My skin's probably going to be bad and it's probably going to cause me pain because having a period's just an, a bit of a nuisance now and it's going to require more work. But it's funny because if that's your mindset at that time, your body's going to respond that way. And I had the exact same story with my pill experience. And I went on it just for, well, actually I had really intense pain and heavy bleeding at the start, but I was really um, confused. Why? Because I was a late bloomer. And I think that's what it was. Like everyone kind of had their periods kind of under wraps with me when I got mine, I was later and it wasn't normal to what was happening with everyone else. So I thought something was wrong with me. And then that self-talk kind of escalated. Then I got on the pill and then got off the pill and then I got acne as well and all of this. And then I lost it all together. And I had to go on this journey of like, well, if I've lost my period, something's wrong with my health. And I, again, I'm what, what is it? Is it, and it was so my mindset at the time I knew that my mental health wasn't good, which is why I kind of got into what I do now and dealing with those thoughts and allowing myself to be in a place where my inner critic was on my side with my period. I was actually allowing it and feeling like it wasn't going to get in the way and that it was a part of my health. And that it's funny because it's such like what you were saying, it's such a part of becoming a woman. And until you understand what that means for you, you can't really show up authentically in anything that we do. And it was with what you were saying with your why and why people would come to you instead of other people. It's not really that you're better than anyone else. And it's the same in my field as well. It's more, well, this is my story and this is what worked for me. And if you're relating to my story, then it could work for you too. And people build that sense of trust in almost trusting themselves because they're reflecting on their own journey with your journey. I don't know if that makes sense, but... I get that. That makes sense to me. It's so, it's so cool. And I just, I'm so excited to have you on today because I heard you on Jesse Williams' podcast That's kind of where I first saw your name, but I believe my good friend Georgie brought you up earlier as well. So I'd heard of you, and then I watched or listened to your podcast with Jesse before I was being interviewed on her podcast. And I thought I'd actually before Jesse asked me to be interviewed on her podcast, I didn't even know I liked podcasting. I just thought I would sound pathetic on like i was like (laughs) I don't want to. I don't like the sound of my voice. I'm not going to do this podcasting thing. Then I um. Yeah. Listen to your podcast to get a vibe on how to talk, how to be interviewed, how to answer questions. And you did such a good job. So I was like, okay, I just was like analyzing how to talk on a podcast. Amazing. And yeah. But you also worked with my friend, Elise, and you just knew all these people. And then we bumped into each other that day in Sorrento having coffee. And I was like, I feel like this is destined to meet like, this was really cool. And then we talked. <laughs> <laughs> I know and we talked about kundalini rising like periods like it was just like an instant yes you're part of my tribe and I was like yeah. well, tell me more but <laughs> I a brief fact that I was like I need you on my podcast to just see how this all unravels because you've got so much intuitive knowing about women's health that just comes so naturally to you but I wanted to know how that kind of evolved with your story, obviously with your period, but also you said that your mum was really supportive and like open Mm. and just talked about it. Like, can you go into more like the dynamics of that as well? Because I know a lot of women don't really have an environment where they can talk about periods, like Mm. either their dads suppress it a little bit or it's just a bit gross or especially girls getting their periods, what advice would you give them in accepting that part of themselves rather than it being a nuisance?
1: I know I'm, I I hear a lot. I always like to ask women what their relationship has been like with their period. Like when they were little, like, was it something that was taboo or was it seen as like dirty or were they having to like hide their pads or tampons? And that says a lot because if you're ingrained at such a young age of being like, well, this is something I don't talk about, but this is happening to me every month, but I have to kind of hide it and pretend like it's not happening. That does something to our attitude towards the whole experience compared to if it's talked about and like really embraced. And my heart always breaks when a woman is like, oh, periods are like dirty or disgusting. I'm like, what? Like, where did this come from? Because it's it's not at all,
0: no.
1: and it's just it's just an attitude and a mindset. Like historically, women's periods were like revered, and men would go through these like rites of passage to kind of mimic having a cycle. Because we have like an innate rite of passage within our body, like going through the process of having your first period and then having an, on, an ongoing cycle. Like this is like you just your body is a whole spiritual transformation every single cycle mm-hmm. and we don't even have to do anything we just have to ride the wave so we're already like on a whole other level mm-hmm. and from that perspective guys don't have that so in certain tribes they would try to mimic this process and that could be like having red ochre on their faces or smearing that over their bodies like represent the blood or they would do things that was actually like inflicting you know, blood within themselves to kind of mimic having a period because historically it's been something that is so revered and so special because this is the source of life. And I think people forget that, that, like, without period blood, no one would exist because it's the period blood that actually nurtures and grows human beings. And we just so divorce that. Like, we don't even... Like, I think now it's changing, but we don't as a culture revere it and be like, wow, that is the source of life. Like, thanks for that. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But historically that was there. And then, and I'm talking like hunter-gatherer times, like tribal cultures, like before agriculture. And then once agriculture came about, that's when the patriarchy also was getting its wings. And then that connection was slowly disconnecting. So I think it's a really ingrained thing, like for generations, like say if someone's mum or parents in general speak to them about their cycle as if it's a bad thing or maybe they don't talk to them about it at all and they just have to figure it out on their own, that might have been their parents' experience and their parents and their parents. So it is a really long line of perhaps shame around our cycles and I think it's kind of like our generation now that's trying to break that cycle and being like, okay, well, it's not actually a bad thing. It's not something to be ashamed about or embarrassed about at all. It's perfectly normal. And it's all of that shame and embarrassment and quietening down about talking about periods that has led to women getting into issues with their cycles Mm -hmm. and fertility issues. Because if we're not taught how to take care of our period and our health and what things mean with our periods, then symptoms just go unchecked decades sometimes and we're not even told that it's a problem and it's the same in the medical establishment like the reverence and the understanding isn't also there in mainstream medicine so if a woman does have an issue with her cycle it's not really seen as that bigger picture being like okay what's going on with your overall health yeah. the tactic is all right let's just master symptoms so it is tricky for someone to kind of get a grasp on that and figure everything out Mm -hmm. but we have to be compassionate with ourselves at the same time because this is like many generations in the works of um, many, many centuries, thousands of years of shame and suppression around it. So we're trying to undo that now in a short space of time really.
0: And I totally agree on like such a deep level of how important our cycle is because it's who we are. Like you were saying it's such a beautiful thing to acknowledge as well. We don't have to do anything. All we have to do is sit with how we feel, honor it and just ride the wave because every week our moods change and we need to honor that and just see where it goes because we're constantly shedding who we don't want to be and becoming more authentic and ourselves, I guess. But I love that you mentioned the patriarchy and feminism. I don't like the word feminism because it does get looked at as probably the wrong thing of what I interpret it to be. But do you want to explain like a little bit more about the patriarchy and how men did kind of make women feel ashamed and embarrassed to embrace this part of ourselves? I mean, like on every level, like I think media is a really
1: Has a lot to answer for. Like, obviously, media is a more recent thing because historically, this has been going on far longer than television. But something that's more recent is TV because we see, if like, if a woman is moody in quotation marks, Mm -hmm. it's like, do you have your period? Or she's hormonal? Or she's a bitch? Something like that. It's just conveyed. So, yeah, we're getting this messaging from when we're really young, and the same thing translates to birth as well. Like all of the births that we see on television. Is a woman? It's it's an emergency. It's panic, yeah. And the woman is in d- desperate, debilitating pain, and it's like, yeah, birth. Some births are like that, but not all births are like that at all. No, like it's not, it's not an emergency, It's not always an emergency by any means. A normal birth isn't an emergency, and for some women, their experience of their birth isn't screaming in pain. But for some women, it, it is. But we just see a really narrow view. Of the woman experience
0: yeah so
1: because of that we're not really introduced to that broad spectrum of what it can actually mean to be a woman yeah and like have you ever seen a woman on tv or in the movies that talks about love that talks about loving her period like i've never seen that in right. a mainstream movie.
0: yes never. so true so maybe so i'm
1: watching Rump stuff but <laughs> i've never seen that and i think it, like it may seem small but like that kind of messaging and programming is there. And most of us are consuming media from a very young age, if not birth, you know, mm-hmm. and then it's con- continued for years. So I think that has a really big play to pa- a really big part to play in all of this, because a lot of us are parented by the media. We are. In some way or another. So I think that has a big, big play, a role to play. And then that kind of influences our own mindset and our decision-making. And again, a lot of it is really like familial trends. So not all guys are like this at all, but some dads may not be comfortable with talking about periods or they may just never been exposed to it. So they're scared of it. Or they think it's gross, but that's just messaging that they've gotten. So it's just so much unraveling to do. But I mean, the biggest thing in in terms of patriarchy is shutting down women's bodies and not allowing us to express in our fullest expression of ourselves. Yeah. And that just has massive consequences
0: in every direction. Mm Mm-hmm. I I totally agree. And with self-love, I think 90% of my self-love journey has been embracing my period. Like, because that's, that's our cycle. And once we befriend the cycle, it becomes predictable. And we see that we never needed to control it. And we actually know ourselves more every day because we can, yeah, we can track it and we can see our patterns. But over time, you just get so good at seeing what's going on that it just feels almost liberating because you feel like you really know yourself. And I think when you know yourself, that's when you trust yourself. And when you trust yourself, you're sending that mindset And that acceptance to your body that you trust your body. And in the process of that is a healthy cycle. So I love what you do. And I love the messaging that you send out in all you do as well. And I would love to know a bit more about with when you were coming off the pill and when you were transitioning into working with clients, what you found to be, I suppose, the biggest problem in what you were constantly putting out.
1: So the biggest problem that I see is just lack of education. That is the number one problem that I'm seeing because yes. if women had the understanding and just the base knowledge around our cycle, then it's extremely likely that we wouldn't be running into these problems down the track because we would have caught it much earlier on. Okay. So that's the biggest thing that I see. And that's why I try and focus a lot of my work around the education piece because a lot, like I, I, don't, I would love to not be needed. <laughs> like I'm happy to. <laughs> away at home like that's my goal to for women not actually to need an external source for them to actually understand and being like oh no i know what's going on like oh my cycle i ovulated a bit later in my cycle this month what does that mean or um my period's been heavier this cycle what's that an indication of and figuring out why or it was more painful like women had this base knowledge and we've just forgotten it and we've been disconnected from that so that's the biggest thing that I'm seeing is just that we have no idea. Like so many women as a majority, and it's not our fault at all, just have no idea. So many women don't know what their cycle length is, don't know um, how to tell when they're ovulating. They don't know their follicular phase from their luteal phase. They don't know how to understand their cervical mucus or just the signs of a healthy period from a period that's showing disharmony. Like that's the basic stuff that we should know. Yeah. And also like when something is going awry, being like, okay, what can I do to actually ease this back into balance again? Mm-hmm. And, you know, if women had that base knowledge, then we wouldn't be needed, which would be lovely. <laughs> would be lovely. No. Yeah. And so I think it's definitely the education. Like we are just not given the education growing up when we get our first period, when we're teenagers, when that's all establishing, because a lot of the time we're put on, the pill as a teenager, when everything is just starting to get going and starting to solidify and get that rhythm humming along. And then the brakes are just pumped with the pill. Yeah. So then that just kind of delays a lot of that education. And the other side that is really common that I see is just stress. And it sounds so boring and basic, but it has mm-hmm. such big ramifications on our whole body health and especially our periods. Mm-hmm. And it just makes sense. Like we've got our parasympathetic nervous system, which is our rest, digest and calm. And that's when we have blood and energy going to our digestive system and our reproductive system. And then we've got our fight or flight response, which is purely just survival. And if we're in a stress state, it means that we're always in the fight or flight and we're not getting much time in the rest, digest and calm state when our reproductive system gets that nourishment and that attention. Mm -hmm. And I mean, stress can be from mental, emotional stress, but it can be just from sleeping is off. Like we could be having really late nights, which is a stressor on the body. Or we could be eating at a really irregular times, which is another stress on the body. Or we could be just not eating enough, which is another stress. Or it could be chemical stress. Like we could be exposed to heaps of different chemicals that are creating inflammation, which is a stressor on the system, And that's throwing hormones out of whack. So stress is like a really simple thing, but it has a massive umbrella and so many things can fall underneath that. And I think when we have that under control or we're really mindful of that, of potential stresses in our lives, massive changes happen with our cycle. And sometimes it's really small stuff that you wouldn't even think is that significant to make a change with your cycle but it is those small things, like it is those small consistent habits and patterns mm-hmm. that accumulate into um, like amazing reproductive health. Because it's something that's innate to us. It's just uh, like navigating the path, so we're getting more towards that balanced cycle as much as we can. Because that's innately what is there. And if we've just gone off the track, that's okay. But it is often pretty easy to get it back if it's it's just yeah. small changes.
0: It's actually really, I'm not surprised, but I'm seeing the correlation now in what we both do is bring women back to a point of self-trust because self-trust is when we don't have to think about what to do. If we are constantly doubting, and I always say to my clients, any negative emotion that you feel is doubtful of you're not trusting something. So what is it? What are you doubting right now? And a lot of the time it's a thought that they need to do something, but they don't feel like doing it. And, mm. <laughs> and they get this stress that they should be doing something and their inner critic is just causing all this inner stress and that emotional stress you're talking about. When really it can get so complicated with periods and mindsets and how to move from self-doubt to self-trust when really it's as simple as feeling good because women get overwhelmed when, because we're always thinking about what to do and we see all these things we can do. It's coming back to basics and it's like, what feels good right now and Mm -hmm. don't do anything you don't feel like doing, but giving up that and giving ourselves permission to actually follow through with doing only what we feel like doing is terrifying to begin with because we think we'll never get to do the things that we need to do. But really For example, if I was to have a day off work, I'll always end up working, even though I've had a day off because I love what I do. Uh, But the terrifying part to begin with to do that was just letting go of control and trusting my body would just naturally take me through the motions. And I would never have to think about what to do. I would just naturally do it. And that mindset and my cycle just completely correlated. Because my body's like, okay, you trust me. So you're just going to let me do my thing. And I never think about it now. Just like, and I think this whole peeling back the layers of our ego and coming back to ourselves and that innate knowing that you keep talking about is everything's interrelated with mindset, with your cycle, with sex, with yeah, everything about us and how we feel. Like I talk about it like our pleasure radar. So anything that feels good And that doesn't have to be sexually. It can be like taste good. Like where as women, we're meant to feel good. Like everything is just meant to be so pleasurable, but we cut ourselves off from allowing ourselves to feel pleasure because we constantly think about what we have to do. And generally when we think about doing things, we think that we have to sacrifice pleasure, which is just fun, right? Like if we have to work, we have to work hard, which means we can't have fun, but we can have fun later. And this patriarchal society that you're talking about going in, even like working in corporate and moving out of corporate and having like this business strategy and planning. And it's all about planning to do something. But then if we make too big of a plan, we'll get to it and we'll be like, oh, but I just don't feel like doing it right now. Like I don't feel like it. And then you kind of feel like you have to commit to the plan, even though you don't feel like it. And then you feel like a failure and you can't keep. And again, it's honoring our moods, which is really cool because I have on my pinboard, my cycle, because I know what I feel like doing every week. And for two weeks, I make appointments. Then the two weeks I make yeah. no appointments because yeah. <laughs> isn't it funny because I was like, i put all my appointments in my like external phase. Cause I feel like I like a little bit of a plan, but the other two yeah. weeks I make no appointments and they're just sporadic. So I don't have to do anything. And it's yeah. such a funny business model as a woman, because I coach now women with business as well. Like there's a lot of business coaching and moving from that corporate to being a woman, but it interrelates with cycle as well, because you have to know what phase you're in and what you feel like doing and honoring that because it's such a huge, liberating, powerful thing, but we've been trained and conditioned our whole life to not do that. So it's, and again, it's like, I don't want people to need me either, but we're in a society right now where they're programmed to need me because they're programmed to look for answers outside of themselves So we just need to keep pointing them back. Like I don't want regular clients. I want them to work with me and then they can take care of themselves because we want to just keep seeing the people and pointing them back to themselves, which is really special. And I think that's the rise of the feminine that we're talking about in business with like Elise and Jesse and Georgie and you and why we've connected because I see a huge link in we aren't wanting people to depend on us. We want to actually create independent people, which is really beautiful. And I just think I'm really excited for people to listen to exactly everything you just said and your story and just relate to you a bit more. But I'm just also just so excited where women are going to go in the next 10, 20 years, having people like you, just being like, hey, like, period's this. It's actually really cool. Like, it's not disgusting. Just, like, yeah. and have a good time. And it's it was such a foreign concept to me when I was younger because it was gross and I had really bad experiences where I bled through my um, mm-hmm. dress at parties and I just got really embarrassed and there was no bin to put the tamp on and I just didn't know what to do. And then I tried to flush it and it didn't flush. And it oh, just went wild I had so many traumatizing period moments so for so long I shut that off but you're so right with women like retelling that story and not attaching to that meaning of what a period was because it's so much more than that and I would love to know like have you always been spiritually enlightened have you always kind of had that (laughs) inclining have you always had that knowing or have you kind of Fallen into that awakening side.
1: Definitely wouldn't call myself spiritually enlightened, I'll just say that. I've always been interested in it. So I started I started studying Chinese medicine when I think I was 18. So I was young. But I've always been interested in it. So I, I haven't really gone through like a time in my life where I've been super disconnected, and then I had this like massive awakening to all of this kind of stuff. It's just kind of always been there and it's just grown upon. So I've just kept building upon this type of aspect of way of looking at things, I suppose. So I I haven't really gone from one extreme to the other, which I know is a really common experience for a lot of people. Mine's just been a, a continual trajectory, I think. So I've just kept building upon it, kept being interested in it and, if I wasn't doing what I'm doing, I would still be researching and looking into women's health and all of that kind of stuff. So I'm just super lucky that what I get to do is like my biggest passion in life ever. Um, But I've just always been building upon it. Um, But what you were saying before about trust, like that is like, trust is the most soothing thing for your nervous system ever. Like if you just think about, if someone was just to think about the difference between feeling really anxious, unsure and feeling really worried about something, it's like, okay, feel how that feels in your body. Like, do you feel tight and restricted? Like, is it hard to breathe? You know, it has those physical effects. Whereas if you think, what would it feel like to just feel really trusting, really secure and comfortable? It's like a completely different signature in the nervous system. And that ripples out to every cell in your being. So just as you're saying, like how you work with women developing that trust, that has massive impacts, positive impacts on every aspect of life. So if people can just cultivate that side of trust more, it's just like the best That's thing life. that they could possibly do. Yeah, because we we don't like get taught like everything is fear in modern society. It's a yeah. lot of fear based um programming or just languaging as well is very fear-based and if we go to more a sense of trusting it's just like a whole different paradigm that a lot of people aren't used to and I don't have it down pat perfectly at all but it's definitely such an amazing thing to cultivate and same with like the sensuality that you were talking about like especially women we're designed to experience all of our senses all of so them. like smelling something and like being like, oh, this smells amazing. And like sitting with that or like tasting something and instead of just like shoveling food down while you're like answering an email, it's like, wow, how does this actually taste? Like this tastes amazing or, oh, I don't like the taste of this. Like actually being aware of what your body is experiencing and sounds as well. Like sound has a massive impact on our body and our brains. And I think, and touch, like touch is a massive thing, like actually getting your hands in the earth and like if you have a little garden or if you're playing in the soil or playing with herbs or oils, like I have my oil here and that's my rose oil. And just the act of like rubbing oil on your skin is so soothing as well. So we're very disconnected from our senses, I think. Right. And, and getting back in, in connection with the sensuality of our lives as women actually are not, obviously not necessarily sexual, but, sensual engaging our senses is a really easy way to get into the feminine so if people are wondering like how do i access this part of myself like what are some good steps to take it's like focus on your senses because when we're focusing on our senses we can't be in our head and like mulling over things and going a million miles an hour like it allows you that space to actually slow down and it could be five minutes it could be two minutes of just rubbing a really beautiful oil on your hands, even just olive oil, like rubbing it on your hands and just feeling the smoothness and how nice your skin feels after. Like that's a beautiful introduction into just a more trusting pace, a slower pace, a more calm pace, Mm -hmm. maybe a more grounded pace of life. And that's a really beautiful introduction into the feminine side. If you're like If someone's listening and they're like, how do I get into this place? If they're in that really like type A pace of life or mindset, I think engaging in your senses is a beautiful way and a beautiful introduction.
0: I totally agree. And it's funny because I know old version of me would be like, but how do I stop thinking and get into my body?
1: Mm -hmm. Like, is there
0: a version of me that can stop thinking and stop thought? And as women, I don't think men realize how many thoughts women have because we're creators and our thoughts create our imagination. So we're always like a thousand steps ahead because we're in our inner world. We're here to have, as women, an internal experience of life and feel good on a spiritual level, which is just our inner body. And we're just meant to feel pleasure. We're meant to allow ourselves to eat what we want. We're meant to allow ourselves to have sex when we want. We're meant to allow ourselves to just do anything that feels really good. And a lot of women, yeah, like you were saying, how to get into that is honestly, I do it just time aside every morning where I get my morning coffee, because I love it, just going outside and looking outside. But I don't sit there and be like, how do I be present? And like, think my way through being present. It's actually just about being in your body and letting your body autopilot take off, like when you're driving a car. And, you know, I was thinking last night in my meditation, I saw myself, okay, when you're going to overtake someone, you not just put your indicator on to be predictable to the people behind you, but also the person in the left, Lane in Australia, um, and you're overtaking, but you're also predicting a future scenario of the speed that you're going to have to do to overtake this person. You're going to have to look in your rearview mirror behind you, but you're also indicating at the same time, we're doing multiple things at once in the present moment. And the same Mm -hmm. thing goes for, but we're not actually aware that we're thinking about indicating, and we're not thinking about the fact, like all these thoughts that we have, we're actually not aware that we're thinking. And so it's getting to a place where when meditation, where you become fully aware of your thoughts, allow them to come in because we can't control them, but our brain gets to a point of just being tired that they just dissipate. And all of a sudden you're just not thinking and all, and when in my meditations, I'll turn into like stretching or like a bit of dancing. And I don't even realize because I'm so in my body. And that's why I think meditation for women as well is completely transform- like transforming into something that isn't just sitting there and watching like chants mm-hmm. and stuff like that's great. But again, we're thinking about what to do. So let's go yeah. deeper than that and actually get fully into our bodies and have meditations where our bodies completely take over and it's possible. But like you said, it's that self-trust. And the more you allow time to do that, the easier it gets not to think and just let our bodies do the work. And also we tend to notice when the more we let our bodies take over, the more we get done. And, you know, I've started this podcast now, I've got some clients and like, I've only started this business in COVID So like properly and like stop massaging and got out and, but again, my, I haven't really thought about how I did it, which is so the opposite of what I've been programmed to do. I was meant to make a business plan and like, yeah, I started making my business plan. And then I just thought, this is just not it because it kept changing as I was changing. Like I was learning things and then I wanted to change my business and I'm like, oh, it's not what I wrote down on my plan. And the old me would have said, oh, well, you know, you're not committing, you're failing, you're doing this. And but I'm getting clients and my business is building. It's just evolving in a way I didn't know it would evolve into. And I remember seeing you and I was like, I don't really know what I do yet. I still think I'm figuring it out. And Georgie was like, you'll figure it out. I'm like, yeah, I think so. But it's, oh, I feel oh. like I'm always figuring it out. I'm always learning to trust myself more and bring that in. And, yeah. you know, your thing is cycles and my thing is mindset. But it's the same thing. It's the same underlying thing, different expression. And it's just really beautiful. Yeah, I totally agree. Getting into the senses and Mm -hmm. um, it's funny that you say like you don't think you're spiritually enlightened. And I think it's because you've always been that way. So you're like, well, I haven't thought differently, but coming from me, like thinking completely differently to how I think now, I'm like, no, I definitely, I was always in touch with my intuition for sure, but I wasn't as open like i had more conditions on why i couldn't feel pleasure or why i couldn't do something like thing there were more rules i had and i i have a scorpio mercury which is my thoughts so it's like super obsessive and intense um so my inner critic has been the hardest thing to overcome but amazing because Now my inner critic is my best friend and I talk to myself all the time, but coming from a place that was a complete opposite of that, knowing that I can do it, I'm like, cool. I actually have the tools in place that I can do that with and continue to get better at. And the more you do it, like you said, the more there is to kind of learn, like you're always, always learning, always improving and there's no finish line. And at the start, that's scary, right? Yeah.
1: Scary. There is finish line at all like it's a constant evolution and unravelling. which like you said people can be like what (laughs) i want there to be a start and a finish yes and that's not how life works that's not how anything in nature works there is no clear start and finish because everything is always just transforming so it is constantly a process and i definitely haven't arrived and i think once you do arrive that's when you probably die so i don't want to arrive (laughs) You know, like it's always like I'm always constantly learning new things and and unpacking layers and I, that's just that's just the way it goes. That's just the way everything in nature goes. It's a constant process, constant transformation, um, which may be scary for some people, but it's not a clear, it's not clearly defined. Mm. Um, when you were talking about, when you were talking for, I was just thinking that one of the things that I wrote on my 2020 vision board, I would put words up and one of them was luxuriate so that's just like <laughs> the vibe that. that i think a lot of women uh think that they can't access so mm-hmm. they may think because so many of my patients feel guilty to relax like relaxing is like no way it's like mm-hmm. yeah, yeah because they feel guilty because i should be doing something else in quotation marks and it's like where did this should come from like why is it uncomfortable to just like lay on the couch and like have a cup of tea, have a book, or just do some stretching and do whatever you want? Yeah. Like what, what is the
0: blockage to that? Lazy. Because... Sorry? It's lazy. I yeah, I, it's know, lazy. I, like, yeah. I can't do it. It's lazy. Like, and if I'm lazy, yeah. then I attach that to my worth. And I'm like, that's not good enough.
1: Exactly. Right? Yeah. yeah. And it's just the productivity culture that we're in of, like, always having to, like, achieve something, accomplish something, like, what did you do today? It's like, I existed, thank you. I looked at the trees. (laughs) Like, you're always, you know, but, like, you don't have to have ticked something off the list to feel good. Like, you can just, like, go for a walk on the beach or, like, feel the earth between your toes. And if that's all you did today... That's amazing. Like you're probably more connected to other people that are in the office and not getting that chance. Mm-hmm. So I think that's a big hurdle for women is actually giving themselves that permission to just slow down and not have to be productive mm-hmm. or always having to be achieving things. Because did we think that back in the day people were stressed by the campfire that they hadn't ticked off things off their oh list? Like, no way. They were like having a great time with like their whole family and friends around them living in a big community. Like there wasn't that constant, oh, I'm not doing enough stress. Like that didn't happen. So and I, if we are disconnected from that, that's when we run into those issues in the nervous system of just like always being on and just like pumping cortisol. And when that's happening, our reproductive system can't be balanced and our whole body can't be balanced either.
0: Mm-hmm. So the rest is very important. Yeah, I agree. And would you say you, what's your process that you've moved from slowing down into your feminine? Would you say, what's the story behind that?
1: Oh, what is the story? Um, I think it's just tuning in with the cycle. Cause from a yeah. Chinese medicine perspective, we understand the cycle in terms of like the yin phase and the yang phase of the cycle. And we understand that, the bleeding phase of the cycle is the most yin phase and yin is very feminine, but it's very slow. And it turns like the, the movement of the energy of yin is inwards, whereas yang is moving outwards, which is ovulation because the egg is moving up and out. Mm -hmm. Whereas with bleeding where our energy is going inwards to then go down and release. And it's, it's a reflective time and the yin is the moon and so I I guess from a young age, really, I kind of had that understanding of the cycle. So I would just try and reflect that in my experience with my cycle. So when I would have my period, I'd be like, okay, I really shouldn't be pushing it. And I've absolutely had times in my life where I have been. And then I just paid the price. <laughs> so I know from experience of just like what happens if I don't listen to that rhythm and I am pushing myself. And sometimes it's an accident. like. You may schedule something, not realizing it and being like, oh no, I'm going to have my period then. Like I know I'm not going to feel like doing that thing then. I know I'm going to be wanting to turn inwards more. And if you still have to do that thing, you're just so much more aware of you potentially not wanting to feel like doing that and maybe don't have that external energy. And I've absolutely felt that. So I've learnt over time that I really need to be smart with my scheduling. Like I had my period last week. And I still was seeing clients, but I scheduled nothing else. So I didn't schedule things like interviews. I didn't schedule social engagements or just really anything else because I know I would need that rest time, which is fine. And then this week, that's why I'm talking to you today because I knew that I would have that energy and I would want to be engaging and I would want to be talking with people rather than just like journaling on the couch. So it's like, It's definitely from experience, like learning how to ebb and flow and being okay with that. And like understanding the moon cycle and just being aware of like when it's full moon, when it's new moon and being like, oh, the moon isn't always full. Like how about that? I'm not always full either. I don't have to be. Mm. Um, And seeing it in the seasons as well, being like, oh, how interesting, that tree has absolutely no leaves right now in the winter because all of its energy is in the roots. Like that is like the period time of the tree. (laughs) And then when it's out with all of its fruits, that's when the external aspect of the tree has all of its energy. And that would be our ovulation time.
0: Yeah.
1: The more that we observe nature and the cycles around us, the more that we're like, oh, all of this is actually going on within me as well. Mm -hmm. Because it's all just a reflection. It is. And then you realize how, I guess, Detrimental, or how much you're just pushing shit uphill if you're not following. (laughs) If you're not following the cycle, then you really see. I'm actually making things so much harder for myself. Like you see it.
0: Yeah. The more that
1: happens, you're like, this. It actually isn't working for me. Whereas if you do it in a way that works for your cycle, you're like, wow, things are so much easier. Like I didn't have to push today. It was more easeful more flow, right? Like it's going
0: with the flow. Yeah. 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 I, I'm still learning this. And I, again, like, I think I'll just keep getting better and better at it until the day I die is especially now in business, the same, like I'm due for my period today or tomorrow. And, but I had my yin phase really started last week and the week Mm -hmm. before, like, which was strange because Mm -hmm. usually, I think um, because with all the eclipses and usually I mm-hmm. get my period on the full moon, but I have a feeling yeah. it's going back to the new moon this cycle. Mm-hmm. So again, it's like it trusting my body always knows it's just going everywhere. Yeah. But yeah. And canceling on people was always a huge thing that I got taught not to do in corporate. Like you have to show up, the customer oh. comes first, all that stuff. Oh. But <laughs> I had these appointments and my, in my meditation, my voice, my inner voice was so clear. It was like, you need to say no and you need to push it to next week. And I was like, i mm. could push it out a day. They're like, no, you're going to need a week off. And I just thought, oh, I do all this intuition practice and I really need to honor it because I teach women for a living to honor their intuition. So the next yeah. morning I woke up and I said to like a few appointments, like just podcasts and things, I was like, I'm so sorry. Um, can't do this week, but Um, can we push it out to next week? And every single person responded, yeah, oh my God, it actually works better next week for me. And I just thought, oh my God, that's the law of attraction, right? Because it's it's amazing because it actually, yeah, if you, if you feel in your feelings, you can't fully show up, it's going to be a mirror to like how they feel too, like it's gonna, the universe is always working for us. And the more we honor our intuition, we actually see that it's meant to be honored and you exactly. rewarded after. And I just found that really fascinating. And it makes so much sense as well. Like beautiful people like you, that you just, if I canceled it, wouldn't be taken personally. It wouldn't be a reflection of time mucking around and things like that. Yeah. I work with incredible self-aware women all the time. So they're always like, you yeah, know, problem. Let's just make it next week. Cause you, we want to show up. We want to like have that energy cuddle where I'm like, I want to hear you and I want to be present with you. And exactly. that's what clients pay for as well. So if you're canceling or pushing a client, it's like, no, I just want, I want to show up and be of value to what you've paid for. And I'm just not in the energy exactly. to do that. And I think. Favor for you sure do. of giving oh. them more
1: value when you have the space to be giving yeah. your 100% rather than showing up
0: at like you know 20% and not really being yeah. you know, and like brain foggy and yeah, and, yeah. They, and they can feel it too. And you can always feel when someone is thinking about being somewhere else, but they're with you. Mm-hmm. And we're women yeah. and we're intuitive and we're all about honoring our intuition, so we have to yeah. honor it in ourselves in order to show up fully for the client, to teach them to honor theirs as well, which is so ironic. But I had, the other day, I had um,
1: a podcast scheduled. I think it was with my previous period and I hadn't realized. And I was like, oh my God, that's actually going to be when I had my period. And I was like, I know that I'm just not going to be wanting to be talking and engaging. I was like, I know I'm not going to do my best job because I'm just not wanting to be putting my energy outwards during that time. And I was like, I've never rescheduled a podcast or anything like that. And I was like, should I reschedule it? And I was just like, I'll just think about it. And then the girl actually messaged me and she was like, oh, do you mind if we push it out by a week? And I was like, that is fine with me. I was like, that's amazing. I was like, no problem.
0: That's perfect. (laughs) So it just just works out. It does. And it's funny because now I'm getting my period. Hilarious, like realisation booking my podcast a week of my period because I have all the feelings talking about feelings. I'm an extrovert. So I'm like, yeah, let's just like (laughs) chat. It's not hard work for me to like show up to an appointment if that's the only thing I plan that day. So I only have the podcast and then I don't feel like I've got this huge to do list. I'm like, cool. I'll just have a chat and just see how it goes. And then I'll fall into other things I should do. It's like planning less. So you've got a one non-negotiable that day. And then you kind of just have bonus things. Like for exactly. me, I think as well as a woman, you're always scared you're going to forget because we're programmed in society that we forget everything. But really, when you trust your intuition, you start to realize you know everything. So you couldn't forget anything, could you? So it's <laughs> so funny because even when my phone broke the other week, I had to go to Apple and get a new one. The next morning, I woke up and I was like, I feel like I have a hair appointment today and i messaged my hairdresser and she's like yeah it's at 1215 i had no my calendar deleted i had no idea and i was just like oh my god luckily like my intuition told me yes but things like that happen all the time and i you know when also getting into the journaling thing and the meditation side of things a lot of women are like oh did you write it down especially men as well they're like did you write it down i like, no i didn't get like the buzz to need to write it down they're like but yes. you don't forget and i just say no i won't Because it'll come up when it needs to. Like, and I always go through my day and I'm talking to you, for example, and I remembered that car indicating and we're thinking about multiple things, but we're not actually aware that we're thinking those things, right? Uh, It comes up in conversation when you need to properly remember it. But I just, I love this whole feminine and masculine kind of discussion we're having because we're not really calling it feminine and masculine, but to kind of label everything we've talked about Mm -hmm all the thoughts and thinking we need to do something is our masculine mm-hmm. <laughs> and our body and pleasure and just completely letting go of control, which is control is just thinking we need to do something. When mm. we can remove the thought that we think we need to do something, that's when we get into that relaxation and we allow ourselves to have the to have the luxury of relaxing and that relief for our nervous system. Is there anything else you wanted to add with like girls going through puberty and this transition into feeling into their senses that you think would be really helpful? Well, like you were just saying about the feminine and the masculine, like
1: there's, if people don't like those terms, like I use those terms, but you can also use like yin and yang and we all have those energies within us. And it doesn't mean we have to completely push the masculine to the side and like never plan anything or like never achieve anything. It's melding the two together because for so long we've been in our yang state or we've been conditioned to be in that yang state all the time and the yin and the feminine has just been ignored Mm
0: -hmm. so it's
1: it's a matter of getting the two melding in together really nicely rather than being one or the other too much because we need to obviously get things done to achieve our dreams and our goals but we need to have that balance and the really great insight into how to learn how to achieve that balance is with the cycle, the cycle. and having those. That's it's, like, it's great for everything. <laughs> if you have those, those times where you can rest and retreat during a period and then have a bit more, I and mean, maybe even the days leading into your period as well, if that's when you're really feeling that pull, which for me, actually, that's when I feel it the most. It's like leading into the period. I'm just like, I need to be alone. <laughs> and during the period, I kind of like re-emerge a bit. But if we pay attention to the cycle in that way, then we do get that balance between the masculine and the feminine and the yin and the yang. And then we ideally are not leaning towards too much one or the other, and we're getting that nice balance. So because for some people it's like, well, how do I even go about this at all? Like if we're raised in the really like yang masculine society, it's a really big thing to completely change your whole paradigm. Mm
0: -hmm. But the
1: cycle is that great introduction to learn how to have those two, two energies within us constantly humming away and balancing out. And that's how we see things in Chinese medicine. It's like when the yin and the yang go out of balance, that's when symptoms arise. So the closer that we can get to balancing those two within us, which we can do by like how we organize our commitments and our schedules and just simple things like that. And even like bedtimes instead of like going to bed at like 2am every night because we like are getting work done or something. It's like having that trust and being like, I deserve to rest. I deserve to have a good sleep. I deserve my nervous system to reset and recalibrate and kind of parenting yourself and giving yourself that earlier bedtime It's just small things like that that really add up so that you do have the balance between the two.
0: Yeah, and I love how you just said parenting yourself because I feel to build this relationship with my cycle was really mothering myself and saying to myself, okay, you feel stressed. Why do you feel stressed? I'm like, I have this to-do list. And it's like, well, what's the timeline? It's like, well, you know, For me, it's like, oh, my dad told me I need to get results because if I don't get paid, then, you know, like it's just that stress of like the masculine rush to make money, you know, and it's like, that's not my goal. I'm like, I just want to help people, but men, success means making money and it's you think you're failing if you're trying to build that in a business, you know, and I get a lot of women starting out their businesses and they're trying to do their budget and financial plan and I'm like, no, no, no we're women. We don't do that. We just need to like look at our story and just figure out who our clients are. And they're the younger version of us. So we have to revisit who we were and how we would have helped ourselves because that's why what we do now. Like that's our our why. So my business coaching is all about self-exploration back to the intuition and back to the moments where we didn't give ourselves permission for pleasure or to relax or to have that, you know, just yeah, luxuriate. Is that what you said? Luxurate? Luxuriate? Yeah. Luxuriate. I love that word because it's oh, true and it's, it goes back to not being good enough and not being enough because mm-hmm. when we don't feel like we're enough, we don't ask for things that we feel we need because we feel like we don't deserve them. But we also, mm-hmm. if we don't feel good enough, we're always controlling and doing more and trying to overachieve. So we, uh, like we think in the overachieving, we will feel good enough. And again, it's yeah. all that external validation and trying to just check off this to-do list. And then we think we can have relief after that. But you can actually make okay. a to-do list that isn't stressful, which blew my mind because when I first made a to-do list, it felt good. It just felt wrong. <laughs> And the
1: thing is, I had this realization the other day, I think I was like, it's been during the lockdown and everything. I was like, my to-do list will actually never end. It will never end. Never. And, and that's just the way it goes. Cause new things will come up that I'll add to the list. And I was like, I'm never going to actually tick off every single thing on this list because I'm always adding things. And I was just like, huh, I'm never actually going to check it all off. I was like, all right. Well then I don't have to stress about that really. If I'm not getting through it all because guess what? It is never going to end for a long time. So it's, you can kind of just be like, all right, well, there's actually no point in stressing about it Mm -hmm. because it's not going to change. I'm never going to have no to-do list ever, you know? So we can just get rid of those really small stresses and being like, I didn't get everything done on my to-do list. It's like, who cares. Do you think that when you're on your deathbed, you're going to be like, I didn't tick off that last thing. Like, (laughs) you know, like, it's not really a big deal. What you are going to be thinking about is like your relationships and how like
0: the water felt.
1: Yes. Like all of your memories come from like those really strong, beautiful memories that you think of is when you were like in nature or were you having like an amazing experience with a friend or a partner or it's those connection memories that we hold on to. We're not going to be like, I got an A on my test. Like, yes, like we're not going to think about that. It's the the small stuff. Like we need to allow the time that we can have the space for those really meaningful things day to day. So we're not just waiting for the weekend or something to Um, experience life in a meaningful
0: way. No, I I so agree. And I also feel my new goal as a woman I would say is still starting out in my business because it's definitely the beginning stage. But my goal is not to be busy, which is the opposite of success I've always been taught. I'm like, I don't want to be busy and that's success to me.
1: Yes, absolutely. Oh my gosh, I did my perfect day plan the start of this year. I wrote out, it was actually end of last year. I wrote out exactly how I would want my day to look in minuscule detail, like what kind of food I would be wanting to eat when I wake up, um, when I do work, when I don't do work, when I have time to play and to create and be creative, I wrote it out in explicit detail and I was like, interesting. My perfect day isn't being busy at all. Like I yeah. don't want to be busy. Yeah. I don't want to be busy at all. Like I want to have enough time to do many different things that I want to do, but not feel rushed. Like rush. I have no time for rush. I have no time my-
0: rush at all. <laughs> I just, I'm all about flow now. And anytime I feel rushed, I'm like, I won't come if you make me feel rushed out to a dinner or whatever. I'm like, just, yeah. Business is all about flow right now. And I think for so long, I thought I had to be booked out. And
1: Mm.
0: now I'm just, I would rather just be booked, but not booked out because I still want my day to do. And the more you do self-love and presence and like getting into like yoga and just things that feel really good, And the more you prioritize it and the more you allow yourself to do that, the more you want to do those things. And then you're just like, well, if I want to do more of these things and I still run a business, how do I juggle that now? Like, what's that look like to not be too busy so I can still do these things and have the flexibility to kind of just do what I feel like doing, knowing everything will get done. And again, it's practice because there's so many things our brain wants to control and like check off that to-do list to feel like it's going to be okay but again like you said the more you tune into that innate knowing you just know everything works out for me everything is okay it's always been okay and if a problem's come up I've always solved it so what's the point of stressing
1: yeah. exactly there is no point and it's like a lifelong lesson for all of us being like there is actually no point in stressing no it
0: achieves <laughs> it achieves absolutely nothing yet it's the biggest problem in society yeah.
1: <laughs> yes exactly it's the biggest problem that we have yeah. and it's it's, it's
0: useless mm-hmm. not so good <laughs> yes well thank you so much for coming on today oh well, thank you for having me, me on think I think that talks no that was really nice I was like I wrote down this is see this is my intentions oh then, because I don't plan things but I said. Yeah. Like, that's my new thing. I think that's how women should set goals. It's like, how do we want to feel? I just said, mind blowing perspectives, fun, flow, gratitude, and feminine power. And that's all I really Oh, now. you did that. <laughs> Before this, I was like, oh, a bunch of what questions
1: that you're going to ask me. And then I was just like, oh, I'll well, just trust that whatever needs to come through will come through and that we'll get whatever message across people need to hear. And I think we did that. So that's all, that's all we can add. Beautiful.
0: No, you so did that. I bet you're shocked because you repeat this so many times. And every time you're like, how does this person not know? Like I've said it so many times, how does this not know it? And I'm the same with what I do. But every time I talk about people pleasing and caring what people think, my inbox just goes boom. And I'm like, okay. Oh, it's crazy. Like caring about what people think is the first pinch off permission because they're scared that they're going to lose people or get judged or so that's like the first layer is removing ego and then once the ego feels a bit more calm with not caring about how they're seen the next layer is well now I don't care about how I'm seen who am I as a soul Mm, and and then after that it's like okay but now I know my soul what do I do with it because I feel like I don't want to work and my business has no purpose that I'm working in right now and they feel like this purposelessness, knowing that their soul has a purpose. So, so many layers, but it's so cool. And then have cycle issues. So I'm going to be sending them to you. Really? Oh, yeah. interesting. Yeah. Because it's I think like... knowing your cycle is just the prime thing. And I've got the app clue and I know my basic side of things and the internal and external phase and yin and yang, like you talk about. Mm-hmm. And getting in sync with the moon, but very minimal. The phases that Georgie, like, will talk about in detail and she'll put, like, all these scientific words on. I'm like, look, just, like, what mood that is. (laughs) Yeah.
1: And the thing is, you don't need to know that. Like, women back in the day didn't know the scientific side of their cycle. Like, we, we don't really have to have that knowledge. Like, it's great to have it and I love that stuff, but it's, like, you don't need it to have an awesome
0: cycle or awesome relationship with it. Exactly right. And I, I feel the same with all this mindset stuff. My only mentor that's like me is Joe Dispenza. But Joe Dispenza talks so much science. And I, I mm-hmm. it's great because when he explains the science, he's labeling what I do in my meditation. So I feel like a sense of calm, like, okay, I'm not completely crazy. Like there's a science to explain this, which is nice to yeah. validate my logical brain. But yeah, I get lost in all of the science. I'm like, tell me what it actually like feels like and you see like I don't need I don't care about you proving it to be true. I believe you. So like just go yeah. into it, you know. And totally. a lot of women have reached out and they say that they're like it's just so great that you talk about it but you make it really simple. You don't go into the science. Like you just go right in. And yeah. I think that as well is because I don't think women have this veil that have you heard of the veil that okay. Jordan, i was like we don't have that we just like we're multi-dimensional already we don't have a, right there. <laughs> we've been there the whole time the trick is we think we're not there and we yeah. believe that we're not there so we trust everyone else instead of ourselves so so true. so true it's so so true really cool you do manifesting and things like
1: that i do i do with my period Yeah. So I'll like write things down during my period of like for the coming cycle or just like the future, what I would want to bring in. So I usually do it around that time.
0: That's really funny because I notice like on my period is when I write all my intentions down. Right. Yeah. But it's funny because I'm paying attention. I got so good at like permission to just feel what my body feels like doing that I just would do it. But now I'm learning even more about the period because I'm like, oh no, it's making sense and there's a pattern here and I'm connecting dots. I'm like, whoa, like it's so like predictable. Like, yes, so predictable that I'm like, why did I ever think I had to control this? I
1: know, like when you get into that, you're like, oh, it's actually really predictable. It's just that it's a long cycle, like rather than like a 24 hour cycle, 28 day cycle. Yeah, and I love that you get to be like four different women.
0: Yeah, like a month
1: yeah. rather than just like the same person every day. We have like all of these different expressions and like personalities, so <laughs> and we get to uh, just like have fun with it and experience all of it.
0: Mm-hmm. No, like why so would good. you want to just have one? <laughs> no, and like it was funny when, and I loved that you just like got the whole like shedding of like the ego every period. We do that period pain. Is a great thing, and I not the bad pain, but it's good when you feel it because for me, I'm like, oh, I've got a lot of shedding. This like I'm excited. I'm yeah. like, oh, I'm letting go of a lot. Like that's yeah. just my body going. That's not me anymore, and I feel excited about it. But it's not a yeah. bad period pain by any means that I had when I was younger, and it's like debilitating. It's more like, oh, yeah. I feel that. Then you can feel. The, it.
1: And I kind of it, like it because I'm like. <laughs> I can actually feel my womb. I'm like, oh, I can actually feel where it is in my body. And it's just—it's like a purge. It's like, okay, I'm shedding something. This is like a process. It's like it's like the rite of passage thing. It's like a ceremony. It's like, okay, how do I like make space for this and make it special instead of being like, I'll take a Panadol. I'm like, when people are just taking Panadol, I'm like, oh my
0: God, it's like missing make it make it so nice that you feel the pain like ask you you I talk to my uterus all the time and my yoni. I'm like what what do I do and it's like do you trust me and I'm like yes yeah. I do. and it's like okay well trust me more and you're just like how do uh, I do that and it's like yeah. stop thinking about it and do it yeah. and it's just really interesting because when you stop thinking and you start feeling there are feeling thoughts that happen and people don't, Mm -hmm. you know, the whole intuition and ego, you're trying to decipher what's a feeling thought and what's a thought to do. Cause there's Mm -hmm. always an action thought and a feeling thought and a Mm -hmm. feeling thought feels good because you're like feeling like you're allowing yourself to feel your emotions. And like, that's exactly what you were saying. As women, we don't have to do anything. We just have to allow Wow, it How like do we allow? yeah it's so uh, so cool but thank you so much for coming on today thank you for um, having me appreciate. I loved it but did you have anything else to add to today or you think that was a really cool chat? <laughs> yeah I think we covered a lot I'm just like happy to
1: get this type of information out there for more people and hopefully it resonates with some people that are listening that want more of this type of vibe in their life and maybe it's a nice gentle nudge or reminder that they can invite this type of way of life into their reality. Mm -hmm.
0: So thank you for having me Um, on. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode of the Thank You Podcast. I hope you feel magic. I hope you feel inspired. And I hope you feel a stronger sense of self. My goal is to connect with each and every one of you. So if this episode resonated, please let me know by messaging me directly over Instagram. I don't care so much for public recognition or reviews. I want to know you and I want to know your story. Your soul is expanding and the power of who you really are is cracking wide open. I'm so excited to see your journey unfold. This is just the beginning.